enjoyed shannon because she's back all the time now (laughs) (laughs) hey everyone it's shannon again still don't have twitter uh still only have an instagram with dog pictures yeah i don't know how you could host a a podcast without twitter that's like i'm not gonna lie like i tried to make a twitter once um but i didn't know how to use it so it has remained unused since like 2009 it's a it's a strange place. I really only just got into it uh, recently, so there's still hope for you. I don't. See, I don't I, know that I want to have hope that I will create a Twitter, an yeah. active Twitter. You've always been much, much less online than I have. Yeah. I think I only started using Reddit, like, last year. Yeah. Uh, so. I haven't been on Reddit since, like, last year, so. Yeah. I, don't, I really don't think I know how to use it either. Yeah. I just look at like dog photos as well that's how i ended up programming and you ended up uh in customer relations (laughs) so um yeah no so courtney has to she her schedule kind of started getting booked real hard so um so we decided we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna alternate with shannon and and Courtney, since Shannon was so generous to continue coming on again. So so I I wanted to keep talking emo music on the off week that Courtney can't do anymore because of her cool new job that she has. So I I enlisted Shannon. So Yeah, well, I listened to my own voice because I listened to the last one and that's pretty horrible. So hopefully everyone doesn't <laughs> feel the same way. Um, but if so, I'll try to, you know, correct things like my millennial vocal fry. See, um, that's that's what's going to be the issue for this for when now it's just you and I is that we both have the most obnoxious like accent in in the United States, which is the I-55 corridor accent that is like half it's all the annoying parts of the Chicago one and all the annoying parts of the St. Louis accent like combined into one terrible voice. I don't feel like anyone's ever told me that I have an accent, but really, I not mean, even out, in, not even out in Montana. When I went to no. California, people acted like I talked like the most insane person they'd ever heard. I think it's because, in comparison, one of my co-managers is from Wisconsin. Oh and, like, yeah, very much sounds like she's from Wisconsin. So, in comparison, I probably just don't sound that bad. Like, yeah, she's all about the like big, yeah, you know that kind of thing. So. Yes. In comparison, it's pretty neutral. I'm watching the hockey game as well, and they just made a great save. So, anyways, 
I think Sarah just saw it too because I just heard her. <laughs> um, I got second place in my uh, in my NCAA bracket. Oh really? I won forty dollars. Jeez, wait, how have you already the the tournament's not over? There's so few people in my group that we know that no one. Oh could, nice. No one can move because yeah, we all had Duke. Yeah, winning. mine is toasted. I uh, we. Ours is kind of cool. The, we did one for Southpaws where we like split it half and half with um, charity, and um, we the guy who is probably gonna win ours is a Deadspin writer, so that was kind of cool. So it's like uh, makes my us more was myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted to win because it's uh, it's fifty dollars if you win ours. So, Ooh. and I was in first place for two of them that were both $50 for like a minute. And I was like counting that hundo before. Oh, <laughs> well, I and, guess I really only won $20 because I had to pay $20. Oh, yeah. God damn, that's so. an expensive buy in. Well, there was only six people. So, I want to make yeah. it kind of like worth the while. Yeah. It was with Colin. So, I, I smashed Colin into the ground. That's good. That's good. Was Colin upset that, uh, that Montana got their ass whooped by, uh, by you Michigan. You should have seen the boyish joy on his face that they even made it to the bracket. So, well, I'm happy for him. We, <laughs> I was thinking of him when they made it. We uh, we had um, we have a friend here who's come on before, and he uh, he runs um, he's the SID, which is like the information director for um, NC Central, which is a, a historic black college. And they made the tournament um, after like a big, big run in their conference tournament for the third year in a row. And so they got to play in the playing game and I was pretty happy for him. Nice. He, he sent me some pretty funny pictures of him like um, seat belting the conference trophy in his car. And uh, and he has a picture of him at like half court with the trophy where he's just like yelling like with his mouth wide open. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was pretty happy for him. So. All right. Well, um, people don't want South Paws content uh, on the emo pod. We'll we'll pivot. Okay. We'll pivot since emo emo. When I was really into emo music, it did kind of make me feel like I, I shouldn't like sports as much as I did. So we, we'll leave that for another. We'll do that in the crossover episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So we we decided to do one. That um, actually, this is kind of funny because Courtney and I were going to do this for the first episode, this album, and we ended up not doing it. We did the Say Anything one instead, but because um, she wasn't really familiar with it. So we're doing Stay What You Are by Saves the Day, um, which is probably, honestly, the first emo CD I think I ever listened to, unless you want to count like Pinkerton by Weezer. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's definitely pretty early for me as well. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like they're like pretty OG in the scene in general. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I can't think of like exactly the first. I feel like first for me maybe was more like brand new. Yeah. But, I, I think but, they were later. I mean, because I listened to Saves the Day before I knew like what emo was, I would say. Because I remember um, actually Phil gave me the CD. Um oof. And uh, Phil gave it to me, and I was probably in seventh grade when I heard this one. So it was before. I mean, I was probably listening to like this and like Pink Floyd, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of a strange. And Weezer, I was real into Weezer. 
And Weird yeah. Al. <laughs> yeah, you were really into Weird Al, which is truly unfortunate. Uh, Weird Al fucking rules. Let's, we're not going to slander Weird Al on this podcast. I will, will slander him all day, every day. Has uh, he, like, had any sexual allegations come No, because Weird Al is a good like, guy. Weird, I feel like they're coming. <laughs> Weird Al lives... Weird Al lives what he talks. He is uh, he's an okay. ally. Will a Weird Al sex allegations coming out within no. the next six months? <laughs> Weird Al has been married to his wife for, for like 30 years. He's a vegan. He's very outspoken. Why he, do you know so much about him? Because Weird Al fucking <laughs> rules. Weird Al, is, Weird Al is a personal hero of mine. Anyway, anyway. Anyways, so. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, when you were in seventh grade, I was only in sixth grade, and I feel like that was more in the uh, epi- last episode, uh, Christian Reliant K switchfoot genre. Yeah. Honestly, um, Saves the Day is kind of similar to Reliant K in a way. Kind of. Like, it's that same, like, like really repetitive, like, drum, like. And, like, really short, like, catchy songs. Yeah. Because everybody says Saves the Day is like the Lifetime ripoff band. And I think that's really only true of their first album, which is probably my favorite one now. Yeah, I think really I only really got into Can't Slow Down through being cool, Stay What You Are. And then I kind of felt, I guess In Reverie I've heard a few times. In Reverie is all right. It's like the Beatles one, like where they like... They listened to the Beatles a lot, and they were like, we're going to make, like, Revolver, but emo. But, like, uh, apparently they came out with an album in 2018. They, like, had a weird story. So they were um, they were on Equal Vision, I think, for their first two albums, which had Coheed and Cambria, and I think Census Fail was on them. Like they kind of, yeah, they were real small for a while. They were real small and they kind of got some big, big hitters. Um, But then they went to Vagrant, which is kind of like considered the kind of like, uh, between like them and Victory, they're kind of like the major labels of emo in in that their business practices were like, people took exception to and kind of were like, this isn't this is clearly not punk music it's just like guys who really liked nirvana and were like oh like i liked the part where nirvana made lots of money the most right (laughs) and like so yes so this was their last one on vagrant and then after that they went to like atlantic or some big label or no they went to dream they went to dreamworks when dreamworks opened a music label for some reason then dreamworks declared bankruptcy and then they like recorded a bunch of albums like in their garage Mm. it's like all the later ones are like them kind of trying to start a label and i haven't really listened to them because i think i want to say what's his name chris uh something chris conley yeah his voice did not age well i feel like that can be said of a lot of like you know, people who were teenage emo, like yeah. part of the appeal is that, and I guess I think about it with like people like um, Chris Caraba, or yeah. whatever his name is. Like, it's cute to sing about like, I want this girl so badly, blah, 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 like emo shit when you're 17 or mm-hmm. 18, but when you're like a 35 year old man, like it's like yeah. get your shit together. Yeah. Uh, or you have to like, you know, kind of drastically change your style in a way that like, yeah, you know, a lot of these people aren't capable of because they're not actually good singers. <laughs> right. 
Chris, uh, Chris just had, it was like his voice was too high and then he kind of just, yeah, he just couldn't do it anymore. Um, yeah, like some of those later dashboard CDs are, are so bad. <laughs> dude, I never was really into dashboards, so I didn't, yeah, I don't have, I never had to live through that at least. I mean, I ride hard for dashboards still, oh. but like. Oof. Well, <laughs> I know Courtney doesn't listen to dashboards, so maybe, so you, maybe you can get one of the dashboard ones. <laughs> I only yeah. like that song, Hands Down. I'm all about that Hands Down oh, song. God, such a banger. Dude, that song is still. tight. <laughs> still can hype you up on a road trip. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no. Um, Saves the Day was also kind of different because they were actually much younger than some of the other bands. Like, I want to say, yeah. like, Chris Chris Conley is only, like, 22 on this album. It's their third album. So yeah. I feel like, if I recall... From that book we were just talking about mm-hmm. um that they were really young when they started mm-hmm. and um kind of started in the more traditional garage band type ways mm-hmm. um like as young teenage boys kind of playing music together and mm-hmm. i feel like that's pretty reflected on all of their music yeah yeah they're from um, they're from jersey if i remember right so yeah i think they were kind of in that same area of like where um Taking Back Sunday was coming out of kind of that East Coast area. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's how I think think I started listening to them was after I read that book. Oh, um, really? I kind of used that book as like obviously informational, but also like we're talking about know. the book "Nothing Feels Good," which we've referenced a few times in the um, show. It's it's a pretty thorough oral oral history, I guess you could call of, of emo music. Um, but continue. I just wanted to let people know. Oh yeah, of course. Um, and so I use that book like to learn, but also as like a, you know, like a reference point for bands that I would like. Yeah. Um, I was kind of casually into things like, um, you know, brand new or taking back Sunday kind of people who had made it a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. but that's where like, it kind of introduced you to like people more like like this or smaller bands or kind of mm-hmm. like jawbreaker, like those kind of OG emos. True. Um, that I hadn't heard of. Before. It's like where you found out that like, um, that, that like champagne, which is like 30 minutes from our house is like the epicenter of like <laughs> all of this music. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was another thing I was kind of thinking of too. And I was kind of thinking of it last week where we didn't really talk a lot about the Christian music. So I don't remember them really doing that, but I know a lot of people have said the at your funeral music video was like their introduction to saves the day and emo music as a whole. Well, they'll talk about like people um, had like MTV two or stuff and people talk about like taking back Sunday, even like had a music video, I guess that was really big, but uh, do you remember really watching any music videos? I during... did watch them music videos. Um, like, I know the Cute Without the E cut from the T music video, um, Taking Back Sunday. It's like a, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking out, a reference to Fight Club, like a Fight Club remake oh. video. So I've seen some. I remember it was, I didn't, we didn't have things like MTV 2 at our No, home. yeah. And so I remember watching things like on YouTube at friends' houses because we didn't even really, yeah. I mean, we had internet, but what we were rocking dial up like <laughs> until high school. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and YouTube honestly didn't even really come out until, I think YouTube came out in 2004. So that, this album is 2002, I think. 2001. Yeah. So, 
I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, by then we were watching just old, it was like, oh shit, there's a music video for this, you know? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like as it was coming out, yeah. kind of live. But I think also like um, a lot of, you know, obviously my friends were in this kind of emo scene. And so it was also the time of MySpace. And so when people could embed videos in their MySpace pages and shit yeah. like that. So I would say maybe I've seen them via those venues, but I don't remember like any yeah. video really standing out to me as like a pivotal moment. I remember Victory put out like DVDs. That was probably the extent of... Oh, yeah, I remember getting those. Yeah, that was probably about the extent of music video watching I did. I know what the At Your Funeral video looks like, but it wasn't, like, it's not, like, important important to me or anything, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. Like, probably why, you know what I always really liked about this album, like, and kind of saves the day in general, is back then, you know, I played bass, and their bass player is really good, and, like, kind mm -hmm. of prominently featured in a lot of the songs, and yeah. I remember like trying to dig up like bass tabs for these songs and like learning to play them is kind of more seminal to me than any music video that they had for this. Yeah. Well, I have no musical talent and never have. <laughs> uh, I remember you got an acoustic guitar and I think I probably played it more than you ever did. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, I learned to play radio by Alkaline Trio. Oh, yes. That, that was it. That one's pretty easy to play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can probably play it. the beginning to Nothing Else Matters from uh, the Metallica song. That was the <laughs> other one that everyone always could play because it's just like the four open strings. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cards for me. Yeah. Oh, well. Someone's got to listen to it. Um, so, yeah. So, what is your what is your favorite song from this album because i think mine will surprise you which my favorite is at the by now and even honestly kind of then it was too um i don't know i feel like we kind of harped a lot on how under oath sounded like one long song uh -huh. but honestly this kind of also, the songs oh, are so similar. To I got to push back on that. I got to... <laughs> <laughs> All these songs are different to me. I mean... Like, I didn't yeah. even have to listen to this album at all to do... I have not listened to this album in probably three weeks, and I could probably start singing... Like, just on the name of the title, like the titles, I could probably sing you through this entire album. <laughs> um, I think I like As Your Ghost Takes Flight, actually. Yeah, that one's a good one. um they have like they're pretty talented guitar like musically they're all pretty talented you know what i mean yeah 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 um and even on their earliest like we were talking about can't slow down um their first uh album which like i was saying now is my favorite like they were always really good at like making like 
real anthemic song like sounding songs like they always like really really pull you in and, and sound like huge and kind of mm-hmm. still have like the basement in them you know what i mean like right. even though by now they're literally playing like madison square garden <laughs> um but yeah i mean yeah as you goes takes flight that's a cool one um is that oh that okay so that's one thing you got to talk about saves the day is as your ghost takes flight is uh how they always have the gratuitous violence song oh for sure (laughs) um which this is the one where he um crucifies um someone it's not specifically a woman but i think it's implied for sure um because it's um you know whatever um but uh this is the one where he crucifies a woman and uh, drinks her blood, um, which is the chorus is uh, drinking, <laughs> drinking the blood yeah. uh, over and over again. <laughs> yep. um, and then but, displaying her in public. Yeah. As well. And it smells. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and he blows her up at the end. I forgot about that part. He uh, yeah. sticks a grenade in her mouth and, and blows them up. Um I mean, but, like, this one is pretty, like, this one has, like, at your funeral, obviously. Is, yeah. You know, I'm going to lock you in your basement and flood your house <laughs> and light it on fire. And then at your funeral, I'll go ahead and sing a little tune about you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess like, I never, I guess I never... I guess even though the line is literally, if I flooded out your house, do you think you'd make it out? I, I always just, I always interpreted at your funeral more as like, uh, like, uh, like an attempt to like spark some sort of like, whatever the op was the opposite of, of, uh, of, um, um, antipathy, like, uh, you know, some sort of passion or, or care or care in this person. Like, I think I always like, inter- like, as opposed to more like, uh, as your ghost takes flight, which is like a revenge fantasy. <laughs> I mean, like, if I flooded out your house, do you think you'd make it out? Or would you burn up before the water filled your lungs? Like, <laughs> doesn't sound super pleasant. No, uh, no. Sounds like murder. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. They do. Yeah, they are. Saves the Day does have some fairly explicitly violent lyrics. Um, especially on the In Reverie even has one. I remember me and the guy who um, introduced me to this album, we would kind of like try and debate which was the most violent Saves the Day song. Yeah. Which is really funny for like a band of like little sweet white boys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, well, Rock's Tonic Juice Magic, that one's pretty awful, but. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, but yeah, that one's like kind of like the most of the most. Like. I don't know. Honestly. My spoons, dig out your eyes. Yeah. Like. (laughs) That one's grosser for sure, but. I mean, this one is literally, this one is pretty graphic. Like, I mean, it's like talking about the nails drinking the blood it's pretty which is is i mean he's pretty into drinking blood on this album because in jukebox breakdown which is one of my one of my favorites i like that one a lot he talks about his mouth filling filling with blood blood, 
this one is about this one is kind of about um this one's just more about how he feels performing like he doesn't like people like demanding him to perform is you know not that you know because saves the day isn't really you know they're not subtle (laughs) it's pretty easy to figure out what they're talking about but uh, great uh, symbolism here yeah but they do they're very provocative in their imagery so like that makes up for it and you know they got catchy ass hooks yeah i mean i kind of think of this as like the almost like quintessential emo type of lyric really like this is like it's like gratuitous it's like over the top it's extreme and it's like a victim blaming as well (laughs) like like it's your fault that you don't love me like the ultimate fuckboy statements of like i'm nice to you so you owe me sex it's your fault that i'm upset and it's your you need to fix me and if you don't i will murder you so this this is what we brought you on for see corny was holding back (laughs) she was holding back too much (laughs) I i feel like that's like the message of 99% of their songs yeah. is like, you broke my heart. You're the devil. This yeah. is your fault. And now I have to punish you. Yeah. Um, by like digging out your eyeballs or crucifying you or <laughs> burning your house down. Yeah. Or whatever. At least. Okay. So the one thing I will say about saves the day is that unlike where things kind of got in like the end of emo music or like once people started hit like fall but essentially once fallout boy hit is that at least their fucking like storytelling and metaphors like were consistent through you know like they weren't just doing like gratuitous metaphors that were like my my burning heart aches for your revolver like you know like just bullshit like that you know what i mean like that didn't make any sense um I feel yeah. like it's also just like they're so young. Like when you think about like the shitty poetry you thought you could write in high school that was like <laughs> so like meaningful and beautiful. And it's yeah. like if you were to look back at you, it, you'd be like, please, someone like, burn me. <laughs> please, why did I write this? Please, I feel, uh... like that's, I feel like that's what it is. Like it's just like it's so like teenage poetry, like mm. extreme over the top, like. You have to take it to level 15 or it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think theirs works more because like they're like, they're like as a band, it's just like, so in your face, like they're loud. Like they have like big ass hooks. Like they need something to draw you in with the, you know, with it. it. It works better than some bands now, like where I am like more embarrassed to listen to. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I definitely uh, still rock a few of these songs. Uh, I have a <laughs> personal playlist on my Spotify that's called uh, Hashtag Emo Forever. Uh-huh. And uh, there's definitely some Save the Days. See, now that you're there. hosting, you have to share an emo pod, uh, uh, an emo Spotify playlist. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. part of the rules. So For sure. We've both done one. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm now... I feel like I'm like... like now obsessively defending safe Sunday against <laughs> like i'm like i must protect my boys <laughs> my you sweet boys <laughs> i mean you can love something you know isn't good for you that's true that's okay that's true. i love pizza I, and it's not good for me yeah well, fair enough well okay so my favorite song is uh is firefly 
I love okay. the, the last song on the album. Yeah. It's kind of the only one that really sounds like their first album, which essentially yeah. is like how people said, like people thought that Saves the Day was just ripping off Lifetime, which like I can hear, but by this point, they're they're not at all. I would say they're closer to ripping off the Get Up Kids, honestly, if anything, mm. um, which they were like, they were both on Vagrant. So I'm sure that's a reason why their record sounds so similar because whatever. But yeah, that one, I love Firefly because it's about, it's basically just like a loud ass song. It's super fast. And then it ends with that part at the end where it's just like so anthemic. Like (laughs) it just, it just fucking like feels like all the summertime stuff that I miss as a kid. Like when I just don't, when I was, you know just learn to drive and like, you know, I just found out you could smoke weed and you wouldn't die. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, or like, like immediately start doing cocaine as everyone. <laughs> I did not immediately start doing cocaine. Okay. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying you oh. learn that like weed is not this gateway. Yeah. I only started doing cocaine like three or four years after this. <laughs> yeah. Like once, once it wears off. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just that good ass, like, that is what you miss about youth. And it's funny they wrote this, like, really poignant song while they were still, like, in the middle of that. But maybe they kind of weren't, because, you know, I have a feeling they were maybe asked to grow up faster, you know? The classic story. They were the Jackson 5 of emo. (laughs) Michael Jackson is a hot topic right now. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Edit that out. (laughs) Um... But yeah, you know, I mean, it it's kind of like it yeah, it rem- I mean, it's like all my f- honestly all of my favorite songs from like this time, like even like um like Less Than Jake has a song like this and like um like that whole like our feet to the pavement when we didn't care kind of song, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know people in other parts of the country, but I spent a good amount of time uh, on back roads in the middle of cornfields, like yes. listening to music and drinking and smoking weed. And so I feel like that's like the music for that scenario and kind of brings you back to that moment in which you're like, yeah, I used to not have to give a fuck about like my insurance premium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I know for sure. APR on my credit card. Like, <laughs> Like, does my boss like me enough to not lay me off in this next round of lean <laughs> that we're going through? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, no, I so I'm always a sucker, yeah, for songs. Especially, like, the end of it when it's, like... When it's just, like, got the... You know, like, they always were really good about, like, having, like, two guitars. You know, like, one was playing the harmony and one was doing, like, some sweet riff, like, <laughs> at the end. While, like, Chris is just, like, with his high-ass voice just soaring above... Um, so yeah, so that's why I, I, I'm a huge fan of this song. Um, how do you feel speaking of like 
women who need to be saving. I know you had a pretty good take on the last one about this. Um, how do you feel about this on cars and calories? that I think any of their songs are worse than any other songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but hang on, I'm pulling up the lyrics so that I can uh, refresh my memory. I told Adam I didn't prepare as well as I should have. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like this one is like probably the most blatant, like, um, like women are vapid and stupid <laughs> like it's not their fault they grew up in la like but like you know honestly i think that com- inside compared i didn't mean to cut you off sorry no you're good um honestly i kind of was thinking about this one because i was like i i listened to it today and kind of just like quickly to rem- remind myself of maybe topics to talk about and i was kind of thinking of this one because i can't remember what song we were talking about that you said something about um you know women needing saving always in these songs and this one yeah i can see why it's like saying why why you know it's saying women are vapid or whatever um but like i think it is kind of the closest that like a lot of these songs in general in emo ever came to like talking about like things about why people felt dissatisfied like with like the life they were being offered by the mainstream you know which of course now means like stuff like oh like yeah you're supposed to feel this way because like that's how capitalism is designed is to make you feel horrible so you buy stuff um which was at odds with like this music and especially the guy running vagrant like he you know i mean he wanted you to feel bad and buy stuff that's why he was selling this (laughs) yeah i mean i guess like i feel like the song's a little bit better because it's not like i guess it's kind of passive as in like this is happening to her yeah but it's not like a it's happening to her and i'm the only one who can make this better right yeah um but yeah i don't know it's like right it should have been about a man honestly you know because (laughs) it's probably like honestly about like some sort of weird like projection that chris conley has about himself you know what i mean especially if like you know if you're thinking about them becoming more famous more popular like that's the message is kind of the same message that a lot of people i mean obviously i don't know anyone fucking famous but like (laughs) like true hollywood stories say is like you start to you know lose pieces of yourself or you don't feel like yourself or you distance from reality and so it's like it seems like that very well could be what was happening to him if he felt like he was losing touch with like his roots Mm -hmm. and like who he was but like yeah it's like you know i feel as though probably men have body image issues too and you can talk about it it's okay for sure i i always am looking at myself in the mirror i have this weird roll on the sides i'm getting 
weird mm. rolls over my hips. And the nice spare tire. Yeah, I'm very concerned about it. I don't know. I can't tell how it looks, but, you know, I am getting married soon, and I want to make sure I fit into my tuxedo. <laughs> We've been very, very careful to say with this wedding. I, um, My friend, uh, Zolf, we, he keeps asking, you know, he's like, he's like, well, do I need to lose weight? I'm like, no, dude, but once we measure for the tuxedos, you have to commit to that weight. <laughs> like, I'm not saying you can't, you can't be fat, but you have to commit to that exact weight <laughs> for, sure. for three months. <laughs> I, uh, I work, I mean, I guess, you know, I work at a, a fitness company mm -hmm. and so we do retention chatting with people and one one guy came through and was like yeah no I, I needed I just did this for my wedding so I didn't look like shit and I'm already married so like yeah. I don't need this product anymore <laughs> like respect respect yeah 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 it would have been that's a good point I think that you know I think this music could have maybe because I was kind of thinking about you know we were talking about kind of the vapidness of the music last week and we're talking about it right now and and I was kind of thinking about you know too in that book when he interviews like these DIY punks that are like actually trying to like shape a new society like among the exact same like conditions that like brand new and taking back Sunday are coming out of and it's like um you know and and now I would say I listen to like more political music I guess you know whatever like heavier topics I guess um I mean, I'm, I'm lying. I listen to fucking Vaporwave like 90% of the time, but... Um, I don't listen to any type of heavy music, unfortunately. No, I meant just like heavy, like, content. Um, I mean, oh, I, yeah, I do listen to like... That's what I meant, too. Yeah, I do listen to like heavy music sometimes. But anyways, I was kind of thinking about, you know... And like, obviously now we live in kind of like a more immediate... Um, facade of things i guess you know like because when we were growing up like when stuff like this was coming out i mean it was still like the like good feelings of like the clinton years and like you know it was like the iraq war hadn't started like the financial collapse right. hadn't happened like you know i mean you know things seemed like they were like really really great you know in general and and now so obviously the music kind of reflects like this like time that we live in but maybe there could have been like more value in this music. Like if the emotional content had been like a little more actually real, like in terms of like, I'm like looking, I'm very introspective and I'm talking about how these things make me feel like, cause like I am kind of sick of listening to music. That's just like, yeah, the world is awful. It's like, yes, I know, but but how does that make you feel? Like, how are you dealing with this? Like, you know, like, I think that there could be yeah. something more there, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think it's just so much of it is, like, the reason why it resonated with people who were, you know, sub-25 is because it's, like, music by teenagers for teenagers. Because, like, yeah. when, you're, when you're 16, or, like, your biggest issue is, like, does the person I like like me? And... <laughs> And I get, can I score some weed or booze this weekend? Yeah. And like, but everything also at the same time has this like weight and heaviness and emotional component that like now as a grown up, hopefully I'm not quite as like, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, it's not everything at the end of the world in the same way it is when you're a teenager. And so I feel like it's just like, that's what this music is. It's like, 
everything is the end of the world, even though it's not that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. It's like the classic teenager philosophy. <laughs> but do you even feel about, do you feel that way about like bands like say like Mineral or Jawbreaker or Braid? I guess not as much. Like I feel like those are kind of more like not in a different genre, of course, because they're still emo, but yeah. like kind of like people who came as like a branch off of that are almost a little bit less authentic in my opinion, mm -hmm. like kind of coming in and not capitalizing on the popularity, but like kind of piggybacking on it. Um, mm -hmm. And it might not be quite as genuine as some of the other. Music I think their roots to like, I think a big part is their roots to like hardcore, like DIY punk were a generation removed. You know? Right. So, because it's like super weird too to think about, like, you know, like we haven't talked about this album yet, and I'm sure we will, is like the Jimmy World album, Clarity. Mm. Like, yeah. that, like, is like, you know, for all intents and purposes, like essentially a mineral album or like, you know, Braid, like in terms of the content. Like, mm -hmm. that was like a major label release. And then they, like, kind of like reinvented themselves later as kind of like to jump back in and so like even those guys it kind of does seem like maybe you know they didn't have quite as like tough of roots to like like the, the diy like fugazi ethic you know yeah like they just wanted to pay lip service to it and then but they're like but yeah. i i have a life to live you know yeah or like i mean i don't know much about people's backgrounds but like it almost feels like it's like people coming coming up from like an actual hard background personally or mm -hmm. people coming from kind of like, oh, I have enough money to pursue a hobby. Like mm -hmm. those are two really different circumstances in which to create music. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of like the newer stuff to me is like, oh, people who had enough money to pursue a hobby and are probably like doing just fine um, or like mm -hmm. had a pretty cushy upbringing with like wealthy-ish parents. And so, like, I feel like some of the personal kind of pain or trauma is going to be definitely removed from the emotional component of the music. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, but that is kind of like the ironic thing is even like Fugazi, like, they come from like, like, not like affluent backgrounds, but like middle class, like a lot of like hardcore punk and emo comes from like suburbia, where it's just like, soul it's soul crushing to like live yeah, you know like sure. i mean it's like i mean it's a little different we didn't really grow up in like suburbia but like it was sort it's sort of like I, it's it's weird we just lived in like we lived in just nowheresville where every all culture just like the suburbs is just like big box shit like a strangely small town in the middle of nowhere yeah i mean strangely large town in the middle of nowhere yeah <laughs> yeah it's like you know i mean you get no more culture than the fucking target but like you also have no option other than the at least in the suburbs i always felt like it's like well you could still go to the city like you know what mm -hmm. i mean like you still like know of the you know more of these things like we literally can't even conceptualize these wild things that are happening because <laughs> we're yeah. too far away um but yeah yeah i don't know um yeah, I, I guess, you know, these theories I'm having about Saves the Day, it's like they obviously never really grew out of what they were doing. So, you know, <laughs> on like Thursday, like like Thursday is like legitimately the only 
emo band that like now in retrospect you're like man those guys were really right about a lot of stuff <laughs> like they were yeah. like legit leftists <laughs> and they went major label then made a more leftist record <laughs> yeah i feel like i remember you saying something once about seeing them i think at warp tour and yeah. they were just like don't buy our cds we don't make any money download that shit yeah <laughs> buy a t-shirt or something yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's how I keep them in my mind. Yeah, know? yeah, they rule. Um, yeah, so Saves the Day. I love them. I do skip at your funeral. <laughs> uh, that song has graded on me at this point. Um, yeah, I feel like when I first started, I was like, this is the shit. And now I'm like, okay. Because basically, it. it's a really repetitive song. Um, I like, um, the other one I really, really liked is This Is Not An Exit. Because that is yeah. also does the thing where they got, like, the at the end when they're doing, like, the fucking lead guitars and they're doing, like, the fucking, they're doing, like, the, um, uh, like, Chris is soaring above the heavens. And it's got this really cool, like, <laughs> bait, like, like, I used to love playing that part at the end. <laughs> But this, yeah. I, I feel like I honestly didn't know you were such a fanboy. Dude, you did not know this? I mean, I knew you liked that. I didn't know. I wasn't ready. Today is like the most important band in my life, honestly, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize this. I thought that you were more into Saves Today. Because I remember no, you, I you had lyrics written on your whiteboard of Saves Today. Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like I did get into them, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but I don't even feel as though this is one that you had shared with me. Um, huh. I think that I think that I maybe read that book and then like perused your collection and sna like snagged some of it. Yeah. But well, it is weird. I never really listened to Through Being Cool until I read mm. that book because I mm. just got this. Phil, I think, thought this was the second album. So he oh, was like, okay. he's like, I have the first and the second album. Here you go. And I burned it. And there was a whole second, actual second album that I had never heard. I actually like Through Being Cool a lot. Really? Yeah. I Through yeah. Being Cool is probably like my least favorite of the three. The first three. I just three. think it's like fun. Yeah. It's... This cover cool. looks like it could literally be a Reliant K album. That's I know. That's what, what like I'm it. saying. They are very similar to, like, if Saves the Day had just been more religious, they would have just morphed into Reliant K. Reliant K forever. No, no. I will <laughs> never. That will be the one when I'm, like, on my bachelor party or honeymoon or something you and Courtney can talk I'm about. I'm coming to your bachelor party. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> I refuse to discuss Reliant K. I, I refuse to listen to them at this point in my life. I refuse to listen to them back then. I refuse to listen to them now. I just listened to it like 
uh, the other day. Ugh, ugh. But yeah, this one, this one is the deep, the deep philosophical death uh, song. It's very good. It's beautiful. I used to play it for women to show how deep I was. Gross. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> is that is that the same that you did back then? You would play um, Saves the Day songs and have women reflect on how deep you were? Yeah, on my clarinet. <laughs> I didn't play them on my bass. I wasn't like oh, sitting there like 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 wait, hold on and I like thought, hit play. And then, like, I you do, like that classic shitty thing where you like that happens so often in high school where like one dude plays the guitar and makes everyone sit around and watch him. It's like the most boring, horrible thing of all time. I never had to listen to that, I think. Oh, I think it's probably only girls. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like like one dude who's like on the shit and then he's like not that good, but he always plays that like last brand new song that's acoustic, you know? Oh, like what's yeah. Lime something. Oh, uh, yeah. The yeah. Soko Amaretto Lime. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always that fucking song and he's always not really that good at it. And he always play, like sings in this stupid voice. <laughs> you have to like you're just thinking of name edited. That's literally, you're just thinking of name edited. Over and over again. <laughs> name edited. Of the world who are doing this. I'm editing his name out because I don't want anyone to listen to this. <laughs> Although I will say redacted name is like he like works at like some of the worst like liberal blogs like on earth like he has turned into a total like hillary bro he uh sent me a facebook or i mean uh instagram message that i promptly deleted <laughs> Wait, like recently yeah like some recently i think when i was in asia he like sent me a message about something i was doing and i was like oh no follow me on instagram you're done oh no i will say as as a result of doing the brand new episode that RIP we're doing again next week, I did um, Facebook message like three women and say that I was super sorry for being such a gargantuan asshole. And I did not get any responses to any of them. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just glad that they um, somehow kept a way for me to get into like not weird stalker con like uh, contact with them. Like, that was, like, the whole thing, too. Like, you want, like, if we want to talk about, like, you know, kind of, like, these, like, sexual politics, I guess, of, like, this scene, is it's, like, it was, like, super, like, I was about to say, like, a dude who corners you and makes you listen to him play a brand new song should be Me Too. Like, that's a Me Too. Like... <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is without my consent that's yeah yeah and so it's like kind of like a lot of like aspects of this scene i mean and i know in like life like in general like women's experiences is like is like things like that would happen where people would just be like oh like we're just gonna play this off as normal and like i'm gonna continue like allowing you to continue speaking to me when i should just like tell you to just like fuck off and delete you from my life you know what I mean? And, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, I never really expected a response. I just felt like, you know, it's, like, at that point. And not to say, like, I was, like, you know, this rapist or anything. But, like, it was, like, it was just, like, general, like, oh, like, yeah, I kept asking you to, to help me cheat on my girlfriend, essentially. You know what I mean? And it's, like, 
I uh, should not have done that. That was a bad. That was a bad thing to do, and I'm not gonna blame it on brand new. But I definitely wanted to do it with brand new as the soundtrack, <laughs> or was doing it with uh, brand new as the soundtrack. Oh, uh, Adam. <laughs> so there you go. I've made my. I've made my apologies. I. I should be canceled. We should cancel me. Adam is canceled. Yes, yes. Can- I'm removing you from Twitter. Yeah, I will, can you do that? You, is that like that's like a thing? Um, you can go on Twitter and you can you have to post screenshots or something of like my chat logs where I said something like where I asked I demanded for nudes or something like that. So unfortunate. Don't See, I never I never did that. Does. I never. It's very mild. I was just very. I was just generally a, a bad person. I was just a, a poop head. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I won't, I won't argue with that. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah. So I'm surprised. So wait, why didn't you think I enjoyed Saves the Day as much as... I don't know. I mean, like, I guess I knew you listened to it, but I didn't know, like, you rode so hard for them. I've never, I've actually, well, no, I did see them. I saw them at a Warp Tour, but they played at, like, 11.30, so it wasn't even, like, sp- a special moment for me. <laughs> like A.M. or P.M.? A.M. Like, they oh played, God. like, first, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, like, late. Yeah, it was, like, late in their career. Um, or, like, I mean, it was, like, 2006-ish, so, I mean, five years after this album, so, like, I they... They had already released two albums after that. They were on the one that they released out of their garage. Anyways, so yeah, I never got to like see them like in their heyday, which is a bummer yeah. for me. Yeah, I guess that would be one reason I guess I could imagine why you didn't think I liked them as much as I did. Yeah, I feel like that happened to me a lot because when I was 14 and 15, I didn't have the capacity to go see big famous people. Or famous to me yeah but i did see a lot of them later in life and uh don't regret <laughs> any of it wait who have you seen later in life i mean like i saw taking back sunday I've oh seen, you did I, yeah i can't bring myself to go to a taking back sunday show it was not like super later in life like i think i was 20 see even then i was like i don't know if i really want to go do it <laughs> I, yeah it was i, I saw them for free in a okay. parking lot uh like in a chicago suburb they were like mm-hmm. playing in a parking lot and so i went up with uh our good bud christina anderson yes friend of the pod you saw, saw them yeah i've seen i've seen brand new several times later in life <laughs> i saw brand new i saw brand new on the in the devil and god tour so it was like at least like a yep. good era so they, i saw them on the devil and god tour and i also saw them on the daisy tour Ah. Uh, you just saw them at uh, um, Lollapalooza, didn't you? Or was no. that... I thought you did. Anyways. Uh, maybe. I'd I think that's out. when you saw I'd him on Daisy. I definitely called you while I was at... While I was well, at that's that. the year I, did, I couldn't go. I think that was the year I couldn't I don't go. Know. Anyways. No, you were at it and I wasn't there. Uh, I was at some other show or something. Maybe I blocked Anyways. out. Yeah, probably. This is this is descending into into dead air. Uh, <laughs> let's kill it. No, um, yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, it's it is weird to to talk about them being so important to me because it is kind of, 
it is always strange, and I think that's kind of what's strange about this scene compared to, like, a lot of other punk movements, is that, like, a lot of people will talk about, like, when they were into punk, like, the music was not, like, who the bands were were not important. Like, it was about being in a community. Sure. And it's weird to be, like, oh, yeah, like, this is what got me into punk, and actually one of my favorite bands I've never seen live, essentially. I saw them for, like, 20 minutes in a Tinley Park, like, parking lot. And it was an awful show. (laughs) It's like, but they're still, like, one of the most important bands to me. It's, it's, it is, that is kind of the strange thing about, you know, the whole emo thing, I guess. I don't know. I love Saves the Day. I'll never give them up. I love my boys. Chris. You know, uh, you know, like, you remember the band The Hush Sound? Yeah. Um, you know that that band started because the guy in The Hush Sound sent Saves the Day a fan letter asking if he could be the third guitarist? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so he had to start a new band. He he apparently was like, I'm about to start this band, so I'm going to send Saves the Day a, a, their last chance. <laughs> Don't what they're missing out on. He's like, guys, like, I've started this other band. Like, if you want me still, like, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, yeah they, were, they were important to people. Do you, do you like Saves the Day or the Get Up Kids more? Saves the Day. Really? Yeah. I guess I like Saves the Day more. I never was really into the Get Up Kids. I like them now, but... Yeah, I wouldn't say they were one of my, you know, top ten. No. Anyways. All right. Well, we'll cut it there. We got about an hour. Two. It was good. It was good enough for... you didn't You didn't prep... You gotta prep I next time, or else we're gonna have to. I'll, I'll prep more. This is your probation. Yeah. <laughs> you can put a probation. We can start doing them later, so I'm not still in the office. Oh yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I can do them late. So, um, yeah. So what was I gonna say? So Shan's gonna make a playlist. So we have that on the docket. We, I don't want to share my current one. I need to make a. Yeah, new yeah. You gotta make. Yeah. I'll, I'll send My current you ours. one is kind of embarrassing. So why? It's got it's got some real bad ones on there. Is it a so. is it a public is it a public one? Oh, I'm sure it is. Where's yeah. My, where's my Spotify? Let me look you up. I want to see how embarrassing it is. It's pretty bad. It's not that long. There's like a lot of the used on there. Oh, see uh, you and Courtney. That, that's why that's why I can just change you guys out. You guys had the you guys had the exact same music taste. Straylight Run, The Use, Some 41. Oh, Straylight Run. Was New not... Fountain Glory, Hawthorne Heights. Wait, public Dashboard. Plan. Car Trip, 2000s Hip Hop, Emo, oh, I see it. Emo Forever. Um, I don't know why Chain Hang Low is at the end of this playlist. Manchester Orchestra. I remember you were... Ooh. Oh, Fall of Troy. Fall of Troy is good. There is so that song bangs. Dude, did I tell you I saw Fall of Troy and Horse the Band together one time? And it yeah. fucking ruled. It kicked ass. Fall of Troy is like a really funny band too, because they kind of look like Saves the Day, but they play like I don't even know what you would describe the kind of music they play. Screamo. Uh yeah, sort of. Sort of. 
Um, this isn't that bad. I mean, it's just like it's not the most. Except for uh, sweetness, I fucking hate that Jimmy Eat World song. Whatever. Existentialism on prom night. I like I like that song. I didn't really, so I didn't really like Straylight Run, but I like that song. Anyways, oh, I and mean, hands down, there it is. Yep. Oh, I mean, feel but, free to look up this playlist, but I will also make another one. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter. Follow Adam on Twitter. Well, follow me, uh, Scrappy Oats, but follow um the podcast Ain't a Scene Pod. Um, follow Courtney, honestly, because she's starting to do some cool stuff with her, um, with her new job. So it involves social media and her Twitch channel, I think. I might just be making that up. She's doing video game stuff, so I'm very excited for her. So, um, anything else I need to plug? I don't know. I'm used to having to plug like 9,000 things for Southpaws, so. Um, anyways, yeah. All right. Well, what song, what song do you think we should end the, um, with that represents, say, the Saves the Day album to you? I mean, I already told you my favorite, but I feel like yours is better because it's the last song on the album. It is also the last song, so we should end with it. I, I yeah. love that song. Boom, boom, boogoo, doogoo, doo. <laughs> <laughs> There's good bass riffs. If you're a bass player, you'll love... Saves the Day is essentially the primus of emo. <laughs> and with that take, we're out of here. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Said I'll walk you home After other rounds I'll pour in whiskey down The barrel of our guns Clap Song